Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back in, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site. Um, joined once again by our contributing writer slash student, Dylan Sanders. Um, Dylan, good to see you, man. Uh, it's been a been a long week, I think, for everybody, but just uh, how, how how's it been going? How's your how you doing? A good, ready to watch another elite Thursday night football game uh, tonight, and uh, you know, no questions about about how good the teams are. Uh, basketball, basketball's back. Playoff baseball is uh, officially underway now that it's Astros versus Yankees. That's how you know the playoffs have truly started. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm just excited. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody knows me, um, you guys will get to know that I'm a diehard Pelicans fan. I might, I might even lean Pelicans even over Saints. I mean, I think I just I love basketball that much, and that's always kind of been my team. And you know, I can say that I've been there through the the hard times. I can't always say that when I was a Saints fan. I kind of grew up when they were always pretty decent. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different I... perspective when you're growing up and there's a bad a God awful team that you really root for. And they <laughs> kind of get going, you know, uh, towards, towards when you're starting to grow up a little bit. So it's always fun, but, um, and uh, we'll get into it, but I'm all, uh, it's uh, throughout the year, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a rocket fan. So we'll have those, we'll have those butting of heads at times and uh, it'll be fun. East, you know, I want, I want the, I want the Pelicans to do well. Yeah. We'll have some Tari Eason updates throughout the year for sure. Oh, he's so um, good. Yeah. <laughs> he is so good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into some LSU Ole Miss here. But before we get started, as always, make sure you guys are liking the YouTube uh, videos, subscribing to our YouTube channel, subscribing to Apple and to Spotify, wherever you guys are getting your podcasts from. Every little bit helps as we try to grow out the network here. Um, But with that, uh, LSU has another top 10 matchup, their second straight top 10 battle in Death Valley. Uh, after a couple weeks ago welcoming in Tennessee, they welcome in number seven Ole Miss, um, uh, the team that's really rocking right now, especially on the ground in their offense, team averaging over 270 yards a game on the ground. Uh, that's certainly going to be a, a big talking point that we'll get into here. Um, but just, uh, you know, I think, look, kind of opening thoughts on this game, um, the, the number one thing that I think you're looking for is just some competition here from LSU. I mean, we've seen we've seen them go up against uh, some of these teams that are probably at their level, you know, the Floridas of the world, the Florida States of the world. Um, but the one time we've seen them go against a, a you know a team that's honestly going to be a 
you know, kind of in that conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl, a college playoff, and and kind of a SEC championship kind of picture. Uh, they they didn't come out and perform the way that they wanted to um, against Tennessee a couple weeks ago. Uh, they just looked overmatched and overcoached and outcoached. Um, and you just want to see that kind of translate. You want to see kind of the the two week lessons here. I think is what you're you're really hoping to see from this LSU team. What kind of lessons have they taken away from that Florida win last week? Uh, what kind of uh, you know preparation, approach, mentality, mindset, all that stuff is going to be really, really important here as you welcome in another really high-level uh, you know, opponent. Um, and it's going to be really important, I think, for LSU to obviously start fast, but just continue to build on that momentum that you saw last week offensively I think is going to be huge. And so uh, with that, are there any kind of opening thoughts, Dylan, that you have on this game? And then we can kind of get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty stuff of what this team kind of shows. Um, first off, the, my, my first initial reaction about this game was, wow, that line is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and the betters have, have reflected that at least it was early on heavy bets coming in on Ole Miss to cover the spread. So it's once again, uh, as with Tennessee, it is Vegas versus the betters, the betters won last time by a lot. Um, so maybe this time it'll be the better's turn to, uh, to get the edge, but yeah, having a, having a, having a spread where LSU's favored was not where I was at coming into this game. And it probably still isn't where I'm at, where I think it probably should be, but, uh, there's a reason I don't make the lines. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's my initial reaction is, wow. Uh, is this game really going to be that close? Yeah, and, uh, and just kind of some follow-up on that. Uh, as we're recording this right now, Thursday afternoon, uh, last time I checked, the line was LSU minus two. Uh, I'm not sure if it's shifted at all since it's the last It's two and a half hours. now. It's two and a half now. So there we go. Mm -hmm. Even in the last couple hours, it's shifted a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Vegas really likes LSU in this game. Yeah, and, and look, when you kind of have that minus two, minus two and a half point, difference when you're the home team that's usually kind of vegas's uh indication to you that they think this is a pretty evenly matched game uh they kind of call it a push push game so um you know i i think you know look we're, we're gonna find out on saturday but uh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there but just one oh, you're good. some background on that but go ahead yeah um i think to get in starting into where we're talking about this game uh, it could go one of two ways. I think we start where I think the game will be decided, and that is Ole Miss's offense. Um, Jackson Dart has never played in, in an environment near what is, especially a hostile environment of what it's going to be like, 2.30, uh, in this heated history to rivalry. Um, so Tiger, Valley, uh, Death, Tiger Stadium and Death Valley should be rocking. They have, there's no excuses this week. Uh, it's not an 11 a.m. It's the 2.30 uh, CBS game. It's classic. It's it done a bunch of them. Um, it's late enough, uh, late enough in the day to where you can get you, you can get boozed up uh, before the game coming rowdy. Uh, but no, it's it that that really is going to be a thing. LSU has to force Jackson Dart to beat them with his arm. It's something he's literally never had to do, um, and doing it uh, doing it in a in a raucous environment. Uh, where he is prone to make mistakes whenever he has to use his arm a lot. Uh, that is the number one key to victory. If LSU wants this, he, they have to force a Jackson Dart to make mistakes. 
Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And when you're looking at this running attack, uh, one of the big things I think I took away from Coach Kelly uh, earlier this week, and, and we'll get a chance to talk to him. We're recording this before his final update uh, on Thursday afternoon. But um, this is a perimeter-based run offense. And what that kind of says to me is this is an offense that likes to get its running backs on the edge and upfield as much as possible with their speed, with their finesse. Uh, and they have a couple of really, really good ones. And Zach Evans, who – uh, a lot of people probably remember from a couple of years ago as a really dynamic running back in a class a couple of years ago and kind of was on the edge of kind of going to LSU or deciding between LSU and a bunch of other programs, ended up going to TCU uh, and transferring here uh, to Ole Miss um, and, and, uh, over the offseason. And then uh, Kinshawn Judkins um, is another one uh, that just, man, I mean, these those, those, those two combined uh, have put up some insane numbers on the ground. Um, and it's going to be absolutely priority number one for LSU to try to contain the box, try to keep those guys inside, uh, keep them from getting to the outside and getting upfield in that second level. And I think the best way you can do that uh, is just just tackling. I mean, look, we've seen it like the last couple of weeks here uh, at all levels, really. LSU has really struggled to tackle. I mean, the, the blueprint play that you can kind of point to is – Anthony Richardson's 81-yard touchdown run to open the fourth quarter last weekend. Just fundamental tackling issues that you saw really at, you know, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary all missed tackles on that run um, and really kind of helped Florida make a little bit of a game of it in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, just the, the, the fundamentals are going to be so important for LSU on defense. I think this is going to be a – a really uh, a big game for a guy like Savion Jones. He's got he's a guy that I wrote about this week. Uh, really seems to getting seems to be having his role expanded a lot on this defense, and he's a speedier kind of edge rusher that I think can absolutely play well in this kind of uh, uh, this kind of game where you're expecting uh, Ole Miss to try to get to the outside on you. Some I think he's a guy that can shed some blocks, keep those runners in the in the perimeter. And, uh, and and really have some success this weekend. Um, you know, everybody's asking about Harold Perkins and what kind of what kind of role he'll have. I mean, he had a, a, a nice role last week and played pretty well as a line as a true freshman on the road last week. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's just been so scheme based. You know, how much they use him so far uh, that I wouldn't put it past LSU to not use him as much. But I also wouldn't put it past him to have him on the field a lot. I mean, what's kind of your feel? on how LSU uses its personnel and kind of the, the optimal kind of way that they, they can kind of keep this thing under wraps defensively. Um, yeah, it's kind of been, I, I feel like we're on the front going to revert back to what we expected in, in the season. I think this is an alley gay type of game containing the edge on the run. Savion Jones has been a better pass rusher, but alley gay still made some good plays in the run game. So I think you see a lot of alley gay, uh, BJ Ujolari obviously has cemented his spot. He's one of the best players on this team. Uh, and I think he can bring a lot as an athletic edge defender, uh, linebackers, if it was me, I'm putting my two fastest guys out there. I'm putting Micah Baskerville. I'm putting Harold, Birkin, Harold Perkins. Um, but honestly, I don't know if LSU is going to do that because like, it's it seems like from the beginning of the season, it has been clear that Harold Perkins and Micah Baskerville are your two best linebackers, but they refuse to commit to that. Um, and Greg Penn has 
uh, also done some good things. Mike Jones is uh, is pretty good rushing the passer as a as a linebacker, but other places has uh, not been as what we thought we were going to get from him. Uh, he seemed to struggle transitioning into his new role a little bit well early on. But to me, I feel like you have to put out the fastest and most, most athletic guys at the linebacker spot. And I think it's clear to Baskerville and Perkins. And um, yes, yeah, for, as for safety, I really have no idea what's going to go on over there. Um, yeah. yeah that's Joe, probably- Joe F- Fouché was supposed to be your guy, like your run defender, yeah. but he struggled against yeah. uh, Florida last week. So I don't know if you can count on that. Is Jarek Bernard Converse going to play more out there? Like he struggled tackling at times. He got beat. It's, I don't, I don't know. There are a lot of questions about the personnel. I feel like these two, I feel like LSU doesn't match up very well with, with Ole Miss because yeah. they're the strength, the strength of their run defense is the middle. Makai yeah. Wingo and uh, J Roy are both very, very good. And Ole Miss likes, likes to run outside. I mean, look, you can't average 270 yards rushing without having to do a little bit of both. But um, it, you can tell that the way that, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin kind of creates this offense, and he's such a, you know, really offensive genius. And he, he knows how to find the mismatches, uh, whichever kind of team that he has up there. I, I kind of tend to agree with you, um, you know, in terms of the linebacker usage, I think, you know, what we've seen pretty consistently over the last couple of weeks, I think you're seeing a lot less of Mike Jones, actually, and you've seen a lot more of Baskerville. You've seen a lot more Perkins and, and Greg Penn. I think those have been probably your three consistent linebackers that they've been rotating in and out uh, for, for a good portion now the last couple games. Um, at safety, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, you, you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think Greg Brooks is going to have to have a big game um, I think you kind of have to stick with Fuchsia, Fuchsia, um, uh and, and hope that he can have some success in the run because that is kind of his strength. He likes to be closer to the line of scrimmage and kind of have that impact up, up, up closer. So if you can do that, if you can slip Dre Ward back maybe a little bit into coverage, you know, he seems to – uh, outside of those two penalties last weekend, you know, he he, he needs to kind of get that under wraps. But, yeah, there's just a lot of question marks, I think, around the defense right now, um, which is something that I didn't think we'd be having a conversation about a couple weeks ago. I mean, before <laughs> that before that Tennessee game, really, I mean, it, it, they were rolling. And, 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 and you know, even the, the Auburn game, you know, I kind of thought, you know, okay, just a kind of off game with communication in the secondary. You made the big plays in the second half when you needed to, but – Really, the last two games, it's been a little bit eye-opening and, and very much concerning. Um, so, you know, when you're facing an offense like Ole Miss, I think this is going to be a game where LSU's offense just has to be able to to match them. And, and you know, I think that's going to be kind of where this game is won and lost. You know, I, I jotted down a couple of keys to the game, and uh, two of them focused on LSU's offense. And, you know, I think probably the biggest thing, uh, because uh, and we'll get into this in a, more in a minute, but the way that Old Miss's defense is structured, they like to send a lot of blitzes, a lots of uh, kind of chaotic blitzes. You know, kind of you don't know where they're coming from, kind of deals. And so I think that the protection calls are going to have to be uh, very good. You're going to have to have that communication with the O line and with Jaden Daniels really down. Excuse me, really down, Pat, uh, from an early start of this game. 
uh, with those protections. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be a huge test for these freshman tackles. Um, you know, we've we've touched on a couple of the the guys that they could potentially throw at LSU this weekend, which we'll get into. But um, you know that that's going to be huge. I think locating the pressure for the offense. Um, and then also the, you know, when you get into your scoring positions, when you get into the red zone, you have to capitalize with touchdowns. You can't be settling for field goals. Last week, LSU was very good at that. I think they had four red zone touchdowns last week against Florida and three of them came on Jaden Daniels runs. So you've got to be able to score in the red zone when you get inside the 20 and you kind of make sure that it's seven, um, because Ole Miss's defense for as chaotic as they like to be is, you know, as exotic as they like to be this year in terms of stopping teams when they get into the red zone. I think they've given up 12 touchdowns uh, when teams have gotten in the red zone on 19 tries. Um, they're giving up points on 86% of the time uh, on those drives when, when teams get into the red zone. And so it's going to be really important for this LSU offense to be able to match Ole Miss. Um, but just what, what are you looking at in terms of offense for LSU? What What are the – what are the areas that you're looking at in terms of how they're going to have some success? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be, I think, a Josh Williams game again. Uh, if I had to pick one person that they, they go with, the big, strong runs. And then I'm just going to have to hope that Jaden really trusts what he built last week with the ovens, Kayshawn, uh, Kayshawn early and often. This was Kayshawn's breakout game, uh, you know, against Ole Miss. And I feel like this is the first time where this season where I feel comfortable taking the over. Uh, on points, I feel like this is going to be a, a a blowout, not a blowout, a a, 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 a shootout, scoring. shootout, yeah, yeah, a shootout. Uh, I hope it's not blowout, but it could, <laughs> you know it could be either way. Um, I think it's going to be super high scoring. I do think LSU is going to come out aggressive, uh, very aggressive, uh, aiming for the you know the high flying. But I just don't know if it's enough or if they're going to be able to find enough to outscore Ole Miss. Cause I do think it's, I think this is a rough matchup in terms of uh, strengths and weaknesses for LSU and, uh, and being able to stop Ole Miss. And uh, the offense did kind of stutter towards the end. Whenever they tried to go a little bit more conservative, it seems like the play calling at times has shot themselves in the foot. Um, and it, that's the kind of stuff that can't happen. Um but also, I feel like the elephant in the room, the number one thing that LSU cannot do is give Ole Miss free points. Yeah. This is, again, can't have we, – we preached it all week going into Tennessee, and what do they do? Give them a free 10-point uh, lead immediately. That cannot happen because if it happens again, it'll be the same thing. It'll be a boat race. LSU will not be able to catch up. So, no yeah. free points. Score, be aggressive, and – 
Honestly, if I am Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock, or if I'm Brian Kelly, I'm I'm telling Brian uh, Mike Denbrock, do not take your foot off the pedal because they took their foot off the pedal against Florida and they almost <laughs> they almost lost. They got down to a seven point game at one point. Yeah, and it really took a, a 47 yard field goal from Ramos to make you feel good about LSU walking away with the win there. And even last week, you saw it against Florida last week. LSU comes out and they muff the punt. Florida gets the ball and they take an early seven nothing lead. I mean, like that kind of stuff just cannot happen this weekend against a team like Ole Miss because they will absolutely make you pay uh, for every little mistake that you make. Um, you know, just a couple of other quick thoughts on the uh, offense or go for it. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, special teams, this cannot be what loses you this game, because if you win this game, and I'm not saying it's realistic to think this, but if you win this game next week becomes a winner takes the West kind of game yeah. potentially. Well, and two weeks from now you get a little two weeks from, yeah, two weeks from now, two weeks from now, if you win this, uh, don't, Look forward to Alabama. Stay stay focused. Don't look forward. But if you do win this, it kind of does become a winner takes the West game. If LSU is able to beat Alabama, there's no reason to think that they can't beat Arkansas and AM as well. Yep. So this 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 is again, it's week to week. Uh you, th- these are the tone setters, and I feel like LSU has done better in the tone setters overall than they've done bad. Uh, the Tennessee obviously was was a mess, and, but that game was ruined from the first five seconds. Overall, in that game, I think with if you take away the 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 beginning mistakes, LSU had a chance to make that game like real, but yeah. they just shot themselves uh, too much in the in early. Yeah, I think what they were looking at uh, like a like a ten point half halftime deficit, 10, 13 points against Tennessee, and they. Fourth and ten call is just gonna forever bite me. I mean, like I just never gonna never gonna be able to get over that completely. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think the uh, you know offensively, look, I think y- you want to see Jaden continue to be aggressive. Like I-, I think this is a secondary in Ole Miss that you can have some success with. Um, this is a secondary that Kayshawn has had a lot of success with uh, over the last couple years, and so. Uh, I, I do think that there's there's going to be opportunity here early in the game to kind of make your stamp, make your imprint on this game. And what what did we see for the first time last week that LSU did? They got off to a really good start offensively, and that really dictated the, the pace of the game. It dictated how you know really the lot the 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 field, how it just how everything looked, how it all looked, and how it all came together for LSU last week was it was all dictated on LSU scoring six touchdowns on stick on his first six possessions. And look, you don't need that. I think I don't know, maybe you might need that. I mean, but uh, I, I don't think you'll need that. I think this defense is kind of um, when, when we talked with Colby Richardson earlier this week, when we talked with Micah Baskerville, I think those guys have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after the last couple of performances. Um, I think they feel like, uh, you know they've they've certainly not played their best, but they have some ways in which they can um, show improvement. And I think you know the best ways they can show improvement is through their fundamentals and through their technique and through um, you know I because I, what happened last week wasn't as much like coverage bus as it was just fundamentals. And if you're getting beat on the fundamentals, uh, you have no chance against Ole Miss. So uh, I think that's going to be extremely extremely important. Uh, is for LSU's defense to come out 
and play just a little bit more under control, uh, learn from what happened two weeks ago, kind of keep your emotions in check. And, and like you said, don't spot them any points early in the game, please. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's football 101, but like you can't give a team like Ole Miss a head start um, and, and expect to come back and win, win a game like that. So uh, with that, we'll get into some predictions here. Um, I guess we can start with you, Dylan. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? What are your predictions for Saturday? Um, again, I was kind of alluded to it. I think it is going to be high scoring. I'm taking the over is at 66 and a half right now. I'm taking that over, um, any day of the week. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of learned my lesson with the Tennessee game. I've been wrong a lot, so maybe I'll be wrong again, but I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss 42 LSU 35. I think that's something it just seems like the MO of this team to slip up towards the end. And I think Lane Kiffin will, will make them pay as, uh, as unfortunate as it is. You see, uh, I am actually going to be the optimist of the week. Uh, I think LSU, we always need one. We always need one. Right. And so it didn't work whenever I did it. So I'm, it's, look, it's this, this time it can be you. I'm a believer in what they found offensively last week. I, I really am. I think the offense is going to have a really nice day. Um, I think, you know, if you kind of get into a matching battle, then I think it probably doesn't go LSU's way. But I think, you know, I think, look, the defense has come up with timely stops this year. They've had times where they've really uh, maybe not played at their best, but they've had some opportunities to, to get good stops and give the offense a chance. Uh, and it's really been most of the year the offense just hadn't been able to get going. But um, I, I think that – that Florida game, you could really see a changing of the guard in terms of how this team views itself. Um, I think they kind of understand the moment, even though they're not talking about it. And I think they understand that they're in a tie for second in the West and that this game goes a long way in kind of building the future of the program, but also having some immediate short-term success. Like, I mean, you're looking at first te- first tied for first in the SEC West if you win this game on Saturday. That's what LSU's up against despite – all the inconsistencies they've had. So um, I, I put in our predictions piece, 38-35 LSU. I think a late field goal wins it. Special teams finally comes through for you. Uh, we're, due, but, we're, due, uh, we're due. We're due. We're due. Exactly. That's the thing. Like <laughs> if, if Ramos's 47-yard field goal is the height of LSU special teams this year, I think that might be a little bit sad. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, you, you got to have one game winner. You got to have one that just makes you feel good on special teams. It can get you out of there with a win. Um, I, I expect LSU's defense to play a little bit better uh, than they did last week. And so, um, you know, look, we've seen this with Lane Kiffin time and time again. He also, for as offensive genius as he is, he's very much – prone to kind of shooting himself in the foot sometimes too. He gets over aggressive at times. And if that happens, uh, LSU has got to be able to capitalize if they go for a fourth down early, or if they go for some kind of big, big play and, and, and can't come up with it. I think it's got to be one of those kind of games and it's got to have to have one of those kind of stops for, for the LSU defense. I mean, at the end of the day, it is still old miss. Uh, <laughs> and they, they need to be reminded of where they're at. And who they are. So maybe this LSU team is the one to do it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. With that, we'll get into uh, just a couple. I mean, really, the LSU Ole Miss game, I think, is the marquee matchup of the weekend uh, in terms of the SEC. You got Tennessee and UT Martin. 
you got Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Alabama, and Texas A&M, South Carolina. I think the Alabama-Mississippi State game is probably going to be the the second, you know, in terms of just kind of what you're looking at from a inter- entertainment perspective. But I always would be against having to face Nick Saban after a loss. I don't know that it's going to be a, a real walk in the park for Mississippi State this weekend uh, with Alabama coming off that loss yeah. to, to Tennessee. Um, I just don't see any kind of, you know, second week in a row blues from the from the Crimson Tide. What about you? Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I feel like this game's going to get ugly and ugly fast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, LSU, you know, again, Brian, uh, Nick Saban after a loss is one of the scarier things. Um, like next year, I assume Alabama is going to destroy Tennessee just because of that's the picture I have in my brain. Um, and, you know, I'm glad LSU is not the team that is facing them after Tennessee. There's a, you know, there's a couple weeks of separation to maybe, uh, maybe get them and it's at home. I feel like, I feel like your best chance to get this, this undisciplined Alabama team, which is crazy to think is, is on the road. Um, and I think that plays into, into a couple weeks, but we'll get into that in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like this, if this, if it's entertaining, it's because, uh, tennis, uh, Alabama is just running it, uh, running it up on, on Mississippi state. And that you're right. That's really the only really exciting game. If you're a sicko, Vanderbilt Mizzou is going to be some real bad football. And <laughs> if you want to, if you want to watch some terrible football, uh, you can go there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think overall, this is, this is going to be one of the marquee matchups, you know, CBS picked it for a reason. Um, Ole Miss LSU is always kind of a rich tradition. You know, they've, they've I uh, walk really in, great games. Walk into class. I walk past the uh, SEC Nation and Marty and McGee sets getting put up in the, uh, in the quad. Oh, yeah, I know uh, so, all of SEC Network's going to be here this weekend. So Rutledge and the crew and, uh, you know, yeah, Marty and McGee. So all that's going to be fun. Um, and it should be a fun afternoon. You know, it, it, like, like we said, we'll have all that coverage for you guys on Saturday and leading up to kickoff, but um, I'm ready to get back into the game environment. It's been absolutely. a week. Absolutely. And it should be really nice weather, maybe a little bit on the warm side. It's been so nice in Baton Rouge and in Louisiana the last couple days, but I think it's going to learn class. It's going to get a little bit toasty uh, towards the end here on Saturday. So I don't think we'll be needing jackets or anything like that, but uh, should be a nice afternoon. Uh, hopefully LSU puts up a little bit of a, a better test uh, in, 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 you know, in their second top 10 opponent in a row in Death Valley. Uh, we'll have all that coverage for you guys. But until then, uh, we'll see you later. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.